You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Pop it off on a Tuesday, baby. It's hour number two of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Right here on the game, it's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. James, I'm feeling myself today. Oh, I can tell. I always have better hair than you, but today it's just really like, wow. It's just better. I mean, whatever gets your self-esteem up. I mean, look at it. It's all, you know, Uh perfect. Uh Uh-huh. It's just it, it's absolutely perfect. Uh huh. I mean, there's there's no complaints. I'm sure the the sides all trimmed up, the beards all nice and clean. Man, it's like I'm, you know, looking good or something. No comment. It's incredible. This man said no comment. <laughs> no Let's com- move on. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> Let's talk about our fantasy football draft from last night, the Crunch Time League. Look, boy, did it get look. Everyone made it everyone made it interesting for sure. Um I'm not happy. My team is subpar at best. And I would demand a redo of the draft and I would like to have picks 1 through 14, please. Y'all going to have the rest. Right. Y'all can have the rest of the picks. I want 1 through 14. And I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Elijah Mitchell, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, the Bills defense, Josh Allen as my backup quarterback. You know, go on. That's Justin Jefferson. That's how you use Derek a- Henry, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that's how you use your first picks. I was about to say I'm going. I'm gonna get there. I, I, I had 14 of them. And then, you know, I'll, I'll just have two at the very end and just pick a random kicker. And a random defense? No, I, I already said the Bills defense. Oh, you said the Bills defense. I'll, I'll pick a random kicker because after all the talent that I'll have, the kicker won't really matter. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take Matt Gay or even Will Lutz or, you know, Rodrigo Blankenship for, for all I care. By the way, James, that dude is trash. He's bad. Just kidding, he's not that bad. But he went to Georgia, so I don't like him. And who was that again? Rodrigo Blankenship. Oh, dude. Why do you hate on Hot Rod? Because he went to Georgia. That's why. I just told you why. He's so good, though. He's okay. He's okay. So, anyways, let's go through my team. Uh, Quarterback, I have Joe Burrow. My two running backs are Javante Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. My two receivers are Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman. My tight end is Darren Waller. My flex is Elijah Moore. My kicker is Evan McPherson. And as much as this pains me to announce they were the best option at the time, my defense is the Dallas Cowboys. Oof. That's rough. They were the best option at the time. Uh, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm trying to win, not pick favorites. So you picked the Cowboys defense? What do you want me to do, James? They had the I, I, highest point total of anyone available. I thought I had a better defense, and I that was my last pick. 
Who'd you pick for your defense? Philly. Mm, is that a better defense, though, than Michael Parsons and Leighton Vanderush and Trevon Diggs? And... Trevon Diggs gives up like 2,000 yards a season. Yeah, but he also gets like seven interceptions. Cool. So Are they winning off that? No. It doesn't matter. It's the Cowboys. I don't want them to win. I just want their defense to play okay. <laughs> who, They're giving up a bunch of touchdowns. Who's Tra- on your... Trayvon Diggs, cool. He gets an interception, but then you just lose it because of the touchdown. Who's on your team? I got Trevor Lawrence, Goldilocks. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I needed that. Uh, Uncle Lenny, Lenny Cheeseburgers. I got A.J. Dillon. I got Great Value Saquon. I got Justin Jefferson. Michael Pittman, and then I got Zachary to tight end, and then Cortland Sutton, my my wide receiver room. It's very small, but it's very stacked. Yeah, Cortland, it, Co- Cortland Sutton at your flex. Excuse me. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Rodrigo Hot Rod, like that's I said, terrible. It's amazing. Phillies defense because they play like all the worst teams, including the Cowboys. Uh, got Deshaun sitting on the bench with Mac Jones in case whenever it comes to Trevor Lawrence's bye. Naeem Hines, my JT insurance. Damian Pierce, steal the draft. Cam Houston's RB1 looked really good. Hopefully it stays that way. Tyler Boyd is my fourth wide receiver, and that's it. But you got Tyler Boyd as your fourth. I mean, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Oh, agreed. David Njoku, man got paid for a reason. Somebody's got to get the ball other than Amari Cooper mm. when it comes to the to the passing game because you're not going to throw it to Nick Chubb. That's right. You just That's extended fair. the man. And plus, Jacoby Brissett, what did he do when he was in Indy? Just only through the tight end. It's true. So That's true. My bench is Melvin Gordon, Daryl Williams, Daryl Henderson. Got a lot of running backs on my bench. Uh, K.J. Hamler, K.J. Osborne. Big KJ and Daryl guy. Uh, Kadarius Tony, and Hayden Hurst. I also got Isaiah Spiller just in case something happens to Austin Eckler. That's fair. Now, yeah. I'm trying to acquire Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, Vegeta really got you. He did. He got, he got you good. He got me real good. Like, I'm trying to give up a lot to get this man. I want this man bad. So what, what what's been your latest... Offer. My latest trade offer was I would receive uh-huh. Elijah Mitchell and Joe Mixon. Oh, God. And okay. I would give Melvin Gordon, well, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Javante Williams, and KJ Osborne. Oof. Look, Javante sells it on his own. That's running back one material. And then between Gordon and Edwards Hilaire, that can make up a running back two. And then you put in KJ Osborne as your flex. KJ Osborne's going to be a lot more effective if Thielen or Justin Jefferson goes down. Well, agreed, but other than that, he he's a he's a very low end flex. I think there's a lot of value there. I think if you would have, I think if you say Elijah Moore instead, you might oh, have a better shot. I could do that. I could do that. Let me. He might be listening. L- or, me, or if or if either him or Kadarius. I'm going to offer Kadarius Tony. And instead of instead of Clyde, I'm going to do Daryl Henderson. There you go. There you go. There you go. Now that's a trade offer you cannot refuse. 
you can't refuse it. And it's also interesting because in the chat, he was like, oh, man, I meant to grab Najee. I clicked the wrong button. Yeah, and then he passed a comment about how his running back room was bad. It's like, dude, you have Elijah Mitchell and Joe Mixon. How is your running back room bad? Well, after that, it's not too good. Well, no, but... But your starting I mean, backs are... Unless one of those guys gets hurt, which if that's the case, I mean, you're screwed anyway. So what's what's really the point? You're also in a 14-team league. Right, that's what, what I'm saying. What you're, you, you're screwed anyway. What do you expect? If one of your guys gets hurt, I mean, you're not finding a suitable backup. That's like my poor quarterback, man. If if Joey B gets hurt, I mean the next best the best available quarterback on the board right now is Carson Wentz. Yikes. It doesn't help that he took six receivers. Well. I don't know. I think JD McKissick's not bad of an option. JD Kiss it. <laughs> that was a good one. And then he's also got Ty Davis Price just in case something happens to Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, that, that's a fair that's a fair option, but you know he probably won't have Elijah Mitchell for much longer. Again, trade offer he can't refuse. So while we're on the subject of the NFL, let's talk about this. It, it's back to Tom Brady. It always full circle back the, to Tom. The, 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 the Tom Brady shenanigans. So he missed eleven days of training camp, and today or, or yesterday. Todd Bowles was asked about Brady's current mindset and whether or not 12 is all in for the 2022 season. He's been all in since we got him. He's all in now. Bowles added that he is focused on what his players do on the field, not their business outside of play. I don't follow the off the field stuff. I listen to XM, The Groove, and Soul Town. My off the field activities are honestly not even football related. You think Brady's all in? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I don't. You keep saying that, but it's like... I I don't. He retired for a month and came right back. You don't make that much of a switch if you're not like, yeah, no, I'm still playing this. (laughs) You're you're crazy, Giselle. I don't don't buy in. I'm just just not buying into that. Um, AP Top 25. Let's run through it. 25 is Houston. 24 is Tennessee. 23 is Wake Forest, which, by the way, they got some big news today. Sam Hartman has been medically cleared and will return to the playing field against Vanderbilt this Saturday. Ole Miss at 22. BYU at 21. Kentucky is at 20. Wisconsin, 19. NC State, 18. Pitt, 17. Arkansas, 16. Miami up to 15. Michigan State, 14. Utah fell from 7 to 13. Florida goes from unranked to number 12. That's pretty remarkable. Uh, Number 11, Oklahoma State, 10, USC. 9, Baylor, 8, Notre Dame, 7, Oklahoma, 6, A&M, 5, Clemson, 4, Michigan, 3, Ohio State, 2, Georgia, and, of course, number 1, Alabama. Bama. You know, again, Florida jumping all the way up to number 12 is is a little is a little nuts. Uh Georgia has been ranked one or two in 15 of the past 17 polls and the other two weeks they were at number 3. 
very intriguing there. Let's go to the hotline, 706-0111. Craig's joining in. Craig, what's up? What's up, Mr. Miguel? How are you, sir? Pretty good. Uh, no, I was just telling James, uh, we have our, our company uh, league draft tomorrow, and uh, I hear you have the Dallas defense. You said that was the best available. Um, I mean, not that you need any advice, but I'm sure you've heard of people running this strategy before, but I think it was two years ago I had 11 different defenses during the, throughout the league. I pretty much I have no loyalty to defenses or kickers. Wait, you had 11 defenses? Oh, throughout the season you had 11 different defenses. I get what you're saying. Okay. Right. So I, I wouldn't – I mean, honestly, Dallas is playing Tampa the first week. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. In fact, as a as a Pittsburgh Steelers fanatic and a Saints fanatic, that's like the worst matchup possible that I can watch. You know, I, I basically have to pull for Dallas is like pulling teeth. But yeah, being a, a anti uh, HGH taking Tom Brady that nobody ever speaks about. You know, or I mean, you, you know, know, you could you you yeah. could you could pull a trick out of my out of my dad's playbook and, and cheer for the meteor. I mean, come on, dude. Forty-five years old and you're still playing like you're thirty. I mean, come on. Oh, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, it's I would... called human. Oh, we lost him. Um, I, I don't know that I'm going to go as far as saying that Brady's taking HGH, but I mean, there, there's something in that TB12 method that that I'm intrigued about because, again, forty-five playing at this level, it's nuts. That is insane. And playing at this level, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's insane. Also, I do I do the same thing as Craig. If I have, I kind of look at it. If my defense is looking solid when it comes to the matchup, cool. Otherwise, I just look at the best available. Oh yeah, I mean if if, if the Cowboys, same thing with kicker. If the Cowboys defense go through like two or three weeks where they're playing like crap, I'm gonna drop them and go get somebody else. Um, I don't even wait. I look at the best available and who has. Who is the best matchups overall? I agree. Oh, that, why do you why do you think I wait for kicker and I don't and I don't defense have, to the last two rounds? I don't have time to look at that every week. Ain't nobody got time for that. It takes like five seconds. I, I don't have time for that. Okay, that no. actually, yeah, more people do a mat and just stick with the same defense. I'm not saying stick with the same defense all season long. No, please, it no it I'm helps me gonna, because now I don't have any competition. I'm not gonna cut them after one week. If they have a bad game, now you got two or three bad games. Sure, well, well, if it's a bad matchup, why would you keep them if it feels like you're you're gonna, they're going to score negative two? Because does because you have too much loyalty to a team's no, defense. That's not it at all. Does really does your defense really scoring negative two? I mean, obviously it hurts you, but like as opposed to the your team if, potentially if your quarterback your defense scoring four. If your quarterback that's a, that's drops a six point swing, if your quarterback drops forty, what's it matter? What's every, it matter? Every point counts. Every point matters. Every it does. point counts. How often oh, how often do you God. lose by like six? Not or very. Win by six? It's only blowouts? Most of the time? Really? I'm usually very, in a lot I mean I'm in rare. usually a lot of close matchups. It, it it's almost always ten plus. Almost always ten plus. I rarely get swamped. There's there's the occasion where I lose by like thirty or forty, but usually it's very close and it comes down to Monday night. But you see, that's also why usually I keep two defenses. 
That's such a waste. That's a spot. That's such a waste of a spot, though. You can you can sub them out as you need to. Oh man. But anyways, um, James, don't you don't you have something here? Yeah, let me tell you about Fanduel because the start of the NFL season is here. It's going to be on Thursday night, and the best place to practice your touchdown dance is on Fanduel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel is going to be kicking off week one with a no-sweat bet for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a new customer or you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if you don't win. Just log in and see for yourself. My no-sweat bet is going to be the Saints to score at least two and a half touchdowns in their matchup against the Falcons on Sunday afternoon. But you can also build a same-game parlay for a chance at a bigger payout with a small bet. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up using promo code KLWB to get started. That's promo code? KLWB. Either way, celebrate the return of football season with a no-sweat bet during week one. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. Refunds issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after the receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. The man rejected my trade. <laughs> I had a feeling. I'll be honest. Oh, my God. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. I'm going cry. I got to tell you about Suit Up. Suit Up is one of the top you know, places to go for fashion, tuxedos, suits for all occasions, wedding parties, specials. You just need a blazer, dress shoes, a tie, some socks maybe. You know, whatever you need, Suit Up's got you. They also carry Southern Marsh Apparel, which is fantastic. They also have a wide variety of, again, suits, tuxedos. They even have wallets and cufflinks and all kinds of accessories everything you need professional service and they measure you every time you go in to make sure it is a perfect fit three locations to serve you lafayette on ambassador caffrey new iberia on adam or doyle and now in lake charles across from the Preon lake mall and suit up reminds you to get dressed for homecoming at suit up Again, Ambassador, New Iberia, and Lake Charles. And when you go, tell them that Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh sent you. Again, suit up. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 25 minutes after the hour here on this terrific Tuesday. The McNeese Cowboys fell to the Montana State Bobcats 40-17 to the other night. And after the game, Gary Goff spoke with the media and his biggest message is that the team needs to make plays earlier rather than later. He also said that the offense did good things, but overall they need to get better, and that if they would have executed a little bit better in this game, that would have been a much closer ball game. Because again, you know, at halftime, it was a 17-10 to 10 Ball game. Yeah, it was a 17-10 ball game at halftime. Montana State's up. So McNeese was definitely still in the hunt there. 
So it's one of those things where McNeese just has to execute a little bit better, and then that game could be a totally different story. But once again, here's Gary Goff on the team needing to execute or needing to make plays earlier rather than later. Yeah, there, there is, but you know, we, we, we can't wait until the end of the game to make those plays. You know, um, I thought early on Knox did a good job managing the game. You know, we, we, we got to get better at throwing the ball downfield. You know, so we, we got to find some answers right there. But, um, you know, I, I thought he did a good job managing the game. I tell you that his first interception, that, that linebacker made an unbelievable play. And that, that was a heck of a football play right there. But, um, you know, we, we got to execute and we got we to play fast or, or get off the blocks, you know, a lot faster than that first half. And then also Gary Goff further elaborated on that and said that if they execute, it becomes a much tighter ball game. I also it's got a high hope for this team. I do. Uh, we just played a, a great football team, but uh, we're better than that. But we got to execute, right? I mean, if we execute and make the plays, the routine plays, this is a real tight ball game. Going to the New Orleans Saints now, Dennis Allen, Demario Davis, and Tyron Matthews spoke with the media and the big question that was asked by Dennis Allen with the news on Trevor Penning is, will he make it back this season? Well, I think that I think that's the case. Yeah, I think there's some 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 hope that he'll he'll be back at some point. And you know, certainly he's going to work extremely hard to try to get back out here. So hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But um, you know, we'll just have to see. Dennis Allen also talked about the read option and how it's become you know, a kryptonite for a lot of teams in football becoming such a dynamic part of opposing offenses. Here's Dennis Allen on trying to stop the read option. Understanding what my responsibility is and make sure I take care of my responsibility. For a long time in the NFL, you didn't see much of it. And so you didn't work on it very often. And and I think now you're seeing a lot more athletic quarterbacks playing in college, and that's transitioning back up to our league. And so we're seeing a lot more of it. And you have to be fundamentally sound to be able to stop it. And, and look, it, it's, it's difficult because they make you play 11-on-11 football. And so, you know, when it's a drop-back passer and you're not worried about them running, you kind of get to play 11 defensive players on 10 offensive players. Um, and when you get an athletic quarterback and they're running some of the quarterback run game, you have to play 11-on-11. So that's what makes it difficult. The Saints are heading to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, Matt Ryan no longer the quarterback of the Falcons. He's now the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. In comes Marcus Mariota, the former Oregon star Heisman Trophy winner turned Titans okay QB, average QB. And so now he's the starter in Atlanta. And, you know, Dennis Allen was asked, how are you preparing and studying for a guy like Marcus Mariota? Look, we've looked at a little bit of what they did with him in, in Oakland or Vegas. We obviously studied what, what they were doing with him back in 2019. I think he started the first six games for Tennessee back then. So, look, we're going to uncover every stone that we can to try to, um, you know, figure out the things that they may do. And there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to have to adjust to throughout the course of the game. That's just the nature of, you know, the season opener where, where there's a lot of uncertainty as, as to exactly what they're going to do or how they're going to try to attack you. And so we'll have to be we'll have to be ready to adjust. Linebacker Demario Davis also spent some time talking about preparing for the Falcons QB. I mean, he's, he's been in this game for a while and, and has done some good things. You know, a guy that's smart, can keep their offense on track, 
ton of athleticism. So he's dangerous, not just with his arm, but with his legs as well. So, and he got some good weapons around him. It's challenging enough to start from a good quarterback, but when a good quarterback has weapons around him, it makes it even more challenging. So, so we got to be on our game. You know, you look at the Saints defense with Cam Jordan and Pete Warner and Demario Davis and Marshawn Lattimore and Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, so on and so forth. This is a very energetic group of players that just fly around the football. And Demario Davis said the same thing. We are an energy type of defense. We're just a we're just an energy energy and effort type of defense, and you know um, we're gonna play with a ton a ton of energy, a swagger, whatever you want to call it. We're gonna play with a ton of excitement, and we're gonna put every effort towards studying our opponent, being prepared for our opponent, and and bringing that physicality for for four quarters, till you know they don't had enough or don't or don't want to play no more. And that's that's just our mentality when we step out there. So. Yeah, we just we just put the work in, and so we got a, we got a week of work to put in, and when we get inside the lines, we'll let that speak for itself. Delta Media is your home for thrilling Friday night football this Thursday. The Southside Sharks take on the Cecilia Bulldogs on Mustang 107.1, while the Port Berry Red Devils take on Bo Shane on News Talk 98.5. Pre-game begins at 6.45 for both games, and kickoff is set for 7. Make sure to download each station's free mobile app to listen to either game. Delta Media is your home for thrilling high school football. Take time out right here when we return. James, we're sending the folks to the moon with Brian Lalim of Apollo HOU here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Fly me to the moon. That's driven deep to left center field. Garner is going back. Looking up. See you later. See you later. Astros headed back to the World Series. Minkas and Nash are ready to launch into all things Houston Astros. Here is To the Moon on Crunch Time with Minkas and Nash. Brian Lalima of Sports Radio 790 and Apollo HOU. B, what's up, my guy? Oh, just another beautiful Tuesday here in Houston, Texas. What's up, fellas? It's it's a wherewithal Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, damn right. Don't ever forget it, okay? <laughs> he said, damn right. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, so with the win last night, the Astros have reached a 500 all-time record. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts knowing that the Astros have made it back to that point for the first time in 16 years? I mean, it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, I, I think the real, you know, thing about last night was Hunter Brown, right? I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, I, I don't have any words to describe what Hunter Brown did last night. Yeah, I mean, six innings, you only gave up three hits, no runs, five Ks. And I saw a video, and I'll ask for your perspective on this. There was a video where they put him side-by-side side with Justin Verlander, and Brian, the mechanics are freaky similar. It's, it's uncanny, right? I mean, even the toe tap, the oh, leg yeah. kick, I it's mean, it's freaky all similar. almost damn near identical. And, you know, everything was out there about him growing up idolizing Justin Verlander. Well, I mean, when you put it side-by-side, side, it's literally uncanny to watch those mechanics and him with the upper velocity fastball, just like Justin Verlander. Yeah, it was, uh, it's crazy to see. Now, one play that people are still talking about last night is Jose getting tagged out at the plate. Um, he was safe. 
yeah, I um, I think he was safe. The only problem with replay is just like in the NFL and college football, you have to have clear evidence, and apparently that was what they went with to where the call stands, meaning they couldn't overturn it. I don't know. From every angle that I saw last night, his hand got in there just like a couple years ago against Boston. Same same situation, hand got in. I mean, we have replay, so let's get it right. Yeah, he, he, at the end of the day, he was definitely safe. Yeah, it's all in the verbiage, right? The The call stands, the call wasn't confirmed. Right, yeah, exactly. Call stands meaning they didn't have enough to overturn it, but either way, man, you have replay. There should be a way to figure it out. I, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> Don't get me started on the uh, replay system. Astros win one nothing last night. They return tonight. Framber Valdez on the mound. The, the, the franchise, as you guys call him at, at Apollo HOU, he's been just outstanding this year. You know, talk, talk about Framber and just the season that he's had. Well, Framber Valdez is just having a quiet Cy Young type year. He's 14 and four, going for win number 15. He's just two off the pace of Justin Verlander. Obviously, Verlander's still on the IL and he's missed a couple of starts. But yeah, I mean, when Framber's on and doesn't walk anybody, he's. He's anybody else's number one in at least the American League, besides a couple of teams, and he's the number two for the Astros, and he will literally get Cy Young votes when it's all said and done this season. It's crazy to think about, and then you even look at Urquidy behind him. He's got 13 wins. The one, two, and three punch for the Astros this season is not being talked about enough. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at a Cy Young predictor online. There are three Astros pitchers in the, in the AL race. Uh, Urquidy is at eight. Valdez is at two, and Verlander is at one with a with a wide wide margin. Yeah, um, even if Verlander, you know, pitched one or two more outings this season, he's still going to be the Cy Young. Like there is, which is which is crazy to think about, right? Yeah, like think about it. He's got what sixteen wins, three losses, and if he only pitched one or two more times before the playoffs he would still be a lock for the Cy Young. There's no one else around, like what, Dylan Cease? Yeah. And then uh, McClanahan for yeah. Tampa Bay, but he got hurt. So, yeah, no, it's it's Justin Verlanders. It's, it's a done deal. Yeah, the, the, the race, the top five, according to this Cy Young predictor, five is Alec Manoa, uh, four is Emmanuel Kloss, uh, three is Dylan Cease, two is Framber, and then one is Verlander. That sounds about right. So I mean, it, it's a yeah. two it's a two man race in Houston for who's going to win the Cy Young. That's incredible. Yeah, it's not being talked about enough. I mean, it's it's not flashy like it was a couple of years ago when it was Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. But what Framber has done this season is underrated, and it's it's incredible. Fourteen and four, and he's probably going to get win number fifteen tonight. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Alex Bregman also getting named the AL Player of the Month. The other day, I mean, with the numbers he was putting up in August, I mean, you can't be surprised, right? No, not at all, man. I mean, we talked about it last week. Um, mechanically, he figured it out, and now you're starting to see it. You, you've got the swag back. I mean, he's going to continue to to make adjustments. You know, he's the ultimate grinder, so I'm not surprised at all. Chatting with Brian Lalima here on To the Moon Tuesdays. Jordan is is an interesting case. I know he's been bothered bothered by a couple injuries, but man, he's kind of stalled out at thirty one home runs. Uh, how do how do the Astros wake him back up to go down this back stretch into September and into the playoffs? 
Well, I think it all has to do with the with the hand injury. Um, I, I think it bothers him. So I think what you'll see until we get into October is he's going to get a couple more days off in between games um, just to let the hand rest as much as possible. Um, you know, the power numbers are down. Uh, a good sign last night is he hit one with an exit velocity of like 105 or 6 or whatever it was, which is showing that the power is back coming off of the bat. So I just think it all goes back in, into those nagging hand injuries, which – Apparently, you know, there's one of them. I think it's the right hand, which put him on the IL earlier in the season, and he's got some issues with his left one as well. So I, I, it's not the mechanically or, or whatever the case is. I just think it's physically, and I think those injuries just kind of nag a little bit, and, and you're seeing it. But, man, just give him a couple of days off here and there and uh, let, him, let him be as healthy as possible going into October when they really need it. I got a question for you. Why do people love running on Martin, Martin Maldonado? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. It makes no sense, no, man. The, the, the dude has a hose behind the plate. I mean, dude, he's like, I, I just, why? Why even try it? I mean, I, I, I watched the steal last night, and I thought for sure that he had it, and then Maldonado just cranked him. Yeah. Yeah, the, was it Thompson? I think he's, I think the, you know, the, the yeah. stat was he had never been thrown out while, Meet Martin Maldonado. There you go. But you see, what what's crazy is it's not so much, you know, the velocity with which he throws the ball or even his pop time. What what's impressive to me is if you watch that that play last night, he puts the ball in a spot where Jose Altuve just caught it, tagged him, done, like all yeah. one swift motion. Yeah, that's usually what it is. I mean, you look at last year when Carlos Correa was a shortstop, and even this year with Jeremy Pena. When Martin Maldonado hoses dudes at second base, it's literally right where the glove meets the bag, and there's nowhere for the runner to go. I mean, it's incredible what he does. All right, one thing, another thing I got to ask you, and I saw you post about it numerous times on social media. Picture surfaced last night of Minute Maid Park, yeah. and you know they they had a Bad Bunny concert at Minute Maid Park a couple weeks ago, and apparently they didn't take the turf out or cover it adequately and center field just looked terrible yeah you know this this whole thing like i tweeted about it last night i tweeted about it again today and um i don't know there's some comments in there of course twitter's not a real place anyways but there's a couple of of comments in there you know about astros fans complaining so forth and so on and this isn't a knock on the astros and it's not a knock on jim crane or anybody and it's not a knock on the uh on the grounds crew because the astros have a damn good grounds crew but when you have a concert that is literally with the stage in center field and people are out roaming around on the field, even if you have a tarp down, you saw the effects of it. I mean, I just don't – and I get it. Look, I understand it. It goes all into money, making money, the stadium. I think the city of Houston owns the stadium or the county. I don't know. I know it's not Jim Crane. But still, like, I just – for me, I don't understand why you would have a concert in the middle of the season, especially late in the season, when you know that's the effect. Yeah, that that definitely wasn't a smart decision. Again, I, I get it from a financial standpoint, wanting to bring in revenue and bring in money. But again, at at, at what cost? You know, you're right. you're ruining the field a month before the playoffs when that field's going to be on national TV every night. Yeah, and and let's not forget that they've got Lady Gaga uh, at Minute Maid Park, and then I think Billy Joel coming up as well. So there's a couple more concerts lined up. Oh, great! That'll be fun. Yeah. All right, you know, we're getting into September. This is the time that, you know, unheard of 
gems rise to the occasion and, and deliver for their teams. Who do you see doing that for the Astros? Say that again. I kind of lost you guys. I, I was saying, you know, that September is the time of the year where you know you call guys up and you know guys that you might not heard of or, or know very little of deliver, you know, big time for, for their teams. Who do you see doing that for the Astros? Well, it's going to be, you know, one guy that I really want to see progress at the big league level is Jeanier Diaz. You know, he was the September call-up. I want to see where the Astros fit him in um, just to get him some some service time. And then, obviously, it's Hunter Brown. What else are we going to see from Hunter Brown, whether he gets another start or we see some bullpen action? Because as of right now, Hunter Brown should be on the playoff roster just from what we saw last night. Going into the ALDS, he 100% should have a spot. Um, so those are the two guys that were called up. I want to see more of J.J. Matichevic. Um, another guy that was called up, you know, he can play first base. He can play some outfield. I want to see him swinging a little bit better. Um, I, I just, I'm really interested to see what else we get from Hunter Brown, whether it's like I said, as a starter or somewhere out of the bullpen. Do you see him staying in the in the Astros organ in the Astros bullpen, or even in the starting rotation, not going back to the minors? Uh, I, I don't. I just don't understand. I, I just can't. I can't fathom them sending him back down and not having a playoff spot, uh, a playoff roster spot. I mean, that arm is too electric. The stuff is too damn good. You just can't not have that on your staff. That's fair. That's fair. Let's look at the Yankees. You know, uh, a team that I'm, I'm sure you and I both hate. Uh, four and six in their last ten, kind of collapsing a little bit. Now they only have a five game lead on the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, do, do you think they maybe slip hold of the division with a month left? I can see it. They're in shambles, man. I mean, they're, they're, I, they don't scare anybody. They, they don't. Um, their lineup is all over the place. You've got Giancarlo Stanton that got hurt again last night. Um, the only dude that swings it well is, is Aaron Judge, and he's having an MVP-type season. He's going to be the MVP, but it, they just don't scare anybody. Uh, they don't pitch well. They strike out too much as a team. Aaron Boone, I, I think if, if he does – if they have an early playoff exit, he's going to get fired. There's there's no way that he survives this. They're five games ahead. They're, what, six behind the Astros in the AL for the number one seed. I can see them blowing the lead in the AL East and then squeaking into a, a wild card spot and getting beat in the wild card game. I mean, Toronto's coming, too. They're only five and a half back. And they're on a five-game win streak right now. Yeah, I mean, look, the not the Astros. The Yankees lose a couple of here and there. You got teams like the Rays and the uh, Blue Jays coming for their ass. I mean, I, I just see a collapse on. on we've, ar- we've already seen it, you know, in years past, and now we're seeing it slowly develop in front of our eyes. And I just think that they're going to collapse and they will squeak into the wild card spot and then get beat. Astros are one of the top favorites to make it to the World Series out of the AL. Who, who's one of your favorites out of the NL? I mean, the Braves again. The Dodgers are, are just you know red hot and scary. Who, who do you like out of the NL? Uh, I'm, uh, my personal um, fear for the World Series is going to be the Braves, meaning whoever wins out of the AL, hopefully it's the Astros. The Braves are a nightmare matchup for everybody in the AL. They, they, they pitch it well. They have solid relievers. They've got a nasty back end. Their, their, uh, their lineup is good. I mean, dude, the, the way that they play – and the way what they're doing again in their division is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Now, obviously, the Dodgers are really good. Let's not, let's not forget about them. But I just think matchup-wise, it's the Braves. They're just, they scare me. They really do. 
Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU and Sports Radio 790 in Houston. Brian, appreciate you each and every week. Now, again, like like I said earlier, I won't be here next week, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about doing the segment the week the week after that. Oh, just you, I, must be nice to take days off. I mean, I, I've I've got somewhere I've got to be, man. Hey, look, you got to see a guy about a horse or what? No, uh, more, more more like signing a lifetime contract. Oh. Good for you. Uh, I, I'm uh, picking up what you're putting down. Good I'm, for you. I'm, I'm congratulations. Get, I'm, I'm getting married on Friday. I appreciate there that. There you go. Yeah, congratulations. I appreciate that, man. I really do. Yeah, so, uh, good, good talking to you guys. We'll figure it out for next week. Sounds good, bud. All right, talk to you guys later. Thanks. Tune in next week for another edition of To the Moon here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Attention sports fans. Your favorite sports book, BetUS, is back for its 28th year of NFL action with the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%. BetUS offers our members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. We've also got hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity. You need a sports book with longevity. You need to know you're going to get paid. And you need a sports book that offers everything. From live betting to MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Give them a call today, 1 800 79 Bet US. That's 1 800 79 Bet US. And they'll walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than Bet US. If you join now and mention KLWB, you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BetUS.com today to join. Don't forget to mention promo code KLWB. That's bet US where the games begin. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, got less than a minute. I want to thank Alex Anstead from Saturday Down South, as well as Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU for doing To the Moon. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. Stay classy, Acadiana. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my last show of the week, here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Don't worry, you will be entertained while I'm gone. I'll just say that. You'll have a good time. It'll be fine. Appreciate you, James. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Same time, same station. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks coming up at 640. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's a name calling Tuesday on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Coming at you here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The reason that we're calling it a name-calling Tuesday is James likes to call me uh, either an imbecile or a buffoon. 
And today he said that he was tired of saying buffoon. So James pulled out a thesaurus. There you go. I can't talk. There you go, you nitwit. (laughs) There it is. And he Googled a bunch of synonyms for buffoon. And so he's just been ripping them off one by one. Um, Hey, you had your fair share. Apparently I am a simpleton on this Tuesday afternoon. You nincompoop. Oh, God. Okay. We got a lot to get to. We're going to look at <laughs> some NFL conversation today because, uh, you know, in 48 hours, we've got real live NFL football. And God, the, the NFL, you know, Jordy and, and Bob Rose talking about it a little bit ago. I will give ultimate credit. They throw out some bangers. They know how to pick them. On night one. God. The Rams and Bills, are you kidding me? You know, don't get me wrong. And and I've talked about this a lot, and I'm going to continue to talk about it over the next couple of days. I am very excited to get married on Friday. I really am. However, the fact that I am going to be at my wedding rehearsal while that game is on, not thrilled about. That is not optimal. You did not plan this out very well. That is not optimal. It is not. When I when I saw the date and I looked at the schedule and I said, oh, no, that's night one of the NFL season. Great. Did you also – you want to you wanna talk about what Jay Walker had mentioned to you? Oh, yeah. That, that yeah. was also pretty funny. Apparently, I don't know how calendars work. So my one-year wedding anniversary next year will be on a Saturday. And if you go – since I'm the Cajuns beat reporter for 103.7 The Game – if you go and look at the Cajun schedule for 2023, their non-conference schedule is out, and they play on September 2nd and then September 16th. Now, I don't know any college football program in America that has their bye week week two, so one can only assume that September 9th will be the conference opener for the Cajuns. Something like a Marshall or a Arkansas State, maybe? Or maybe an app, or maybe a Coastal. You know, they haven't played Coastal since the 2020 debacle. I mean, it, it could be anything. I feel like you would wait on Coastal for a little bit, though. I don't think you would have it be week two. Not not if ESPN calls. That is fair. Not if ESPN calls, you don't. So, uh, you know, that'll be fun. Really thought that through. That'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be fun. I, I told Jay Walker, though, I have a plan. Because, you know, even though you get married, you still celebrate... You know, maybe now, you, maybe you celebrate on Sunday. Now, well, nowadays us millennials are weird. You still keep track of how many years you've been fully together, and not just married, right? The day before the eighth is, you know, the, Friday. The right is our dating anniversary, quote unquote. So we'll just celebrate it all then, and then. But the question you know, is, what about with high school football? James, you're killing me. That's why I said Sunday. You're killing me. Just do both on Sunday. Oh, yes. The Saints season opener. Yes. There it is. Good job, James. Good job. Well, you wouldn't be covering it. Good boy. You wouldn't be covering it. I would be. Yeah, you're right. See, you got to listen to me more. I, I think things through. I have to listen to you more. That's That's exactly what I need to do. 
706-0111 if you want to get in on the game hotline. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. All right, so couple at 4.30, Alex Hanstead of Saturday Down South will join us. We'll talk more about the LSU game from Sunday night, and we'll look at the SEC as a whole. At 5.30, we're going to do To the Moon with Apollo HOU's Brian Lalima, also of Sports Radio 790 in Houston. James and I will also talk about our crunch time football draft that went down last night. Um, my team's solid. Everyone else is inferior. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. That is so cap. That is so – that's such a lie. That's so cap. <laughs> um, outside of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I'm not very good. But, you know, they're going to carry me. It'll be fine. Vegeta really got to you. I'm just saying, as much as I love Elijah Mitchell <laughs> – I see what you did there. I think in the third round was a bit of a stretch. He also nabbed Michael Thomas. And right before me. Oh man! No, it was right after you. No, it was right before me. That was that was on the flip. That was on the comeback. Hmm. He go. he nabbed me. He nabbed Michael Thomas on the comeback. I'm almost certain that's right. No, because he took one of your guys right after you had picked at two o six or three o six. But there was also another round where it was yeah in three o six. And then he, coming back around, and then coming and back four, around, he got Michael Thomas right before me. Yeah, yeah. He he nabbed he nabbed Elijah right after you. Correct. And then took Mike Thomas because I took Joe Burrow in the right third round. You. Yeah, because I because I was thinking Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, double points. I still don't know who that is. And then I was thinking that because well, my thought process there was that I could take Burrow and nobody was going to take Elijah Mitchell, and I would just instead of getting Michael Thomas, I would have taken Elijah Mitchell on, in the fourth round on that backswing. Mm-hmm. But he. So when he took Elijah, I was like, okay, well, I'll just go get Michael Thomas. But then he took him, too. And I was like, well, crap. Now what? Who did I, who did I even end up taking in that spot? I don't even remember. Oh, I, I, I think you just cried and just took whoever. I, 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 I let out some very loud expletives in my living room, I'll tell you that. I was like, I was very, I was very angry. Because you took, you took Javante with your second pick. Uh-huh. So you went Jamar, Javante. Joe Burrow. You did Joe in the third, and then in the fourth, you had picked, I think, Clyde? Was that Clyde Edwards-Lair? No, Clyde was in the fifth. Who did I take in the fourth? Was, oh, it was Waller. Oh, Darren Waller. Yeah, I needed a tight end. Yeah, I went Darren Waller. That's true. That's true. Which I'm not mad about. I'm a big fan of Darren Waller. I think he's going to have another big year. So I'm definitely not mad about that. Again, um... Another couple of the things we'll look at. We've got audio from Michael Desermo, head coach of the Cajuns. We've also got some audio from McNeese from over the weekend. And we'll hear from Saints head coach Dennis Allen as he gets ready for his first game as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. However, our poll question of the day is absolutely beautiful and we need a million votes on it. Facebook and Twitter it is officially Atlanta Falcons hate week. So we asked you, what's your favorite Dirty Birds failure? Was it the 28-3 to Super Bowl? Was it all of 2020 choking everything away? Was it the year 1965, which is the year they were founded? Or something else? 
Is there something else you can think of that the Falcons did that just, you know, it's absolutely fantastic? Once again, Facebook, Twitter, and you can hit us up on the hotline again, 706-0111. Ton says, Steve Gleason's blocked punt in the return of the Superdome. Their fail, our win. And then Hart, Adeladdin337 says, the home game after rebuild couldn't have picked a more suitable time to beat to help the culture shift into the franchise for years to come. Yeah, I mean, it's true. That game turned everything on its head for the Saints. I mean, three years later, you win a Super Bowl. Now you're in a stretch of four or five years where, outside of last year, you're a, you're in the conversation every year. I mean, James, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Saints team goes 12-5 and five this year. It's really not. It, I mean, it's it, it really feels, not. It feels what's, re, what's more realistic is more 11-6 and six because you never know with the offense. They haven't fully gelled together. The well, defense right. looks really good, but... You still have a lot of new faces that are trying to get used to each other. You now don't have CD Deuce, so trying to see what production you can get out in the slot. Because I mean, players. you you start at Atlanta, that's a win. That's a win. It feels you, you feel pretty confident in that. That's a win. You come home to host Tampa. Mm. The last two years, you're four zero in the regular season against them. I'm gonna say that's a win. You go to Carolina. This is where I think it's a loss. You slip. You slip here. You slip because Jameis, in his career, if I'm not mistaken, he's about. I remember I had the statistic, but it's a he's he's about two and six, two and seven against Carolina and in not his career. Only, not only that, Baker's going to be that dude for the first couple weeks of the year. I, I think Carolina starts off three and zero. They're, they're, he's going to be that dude. Um, he doesn't carry that all the way through the year, but for those first couple weeks of the season. Oh yeah, the Baker's, ba- Baker's going to be a different dude. The, the Baker Mayfield cycle. We're right now at play like a madman right and have that extra chip on your shoulder right and then after week four or five when then it's like suck again get criticized by media right have chip on shoulder play amazing yeah baker's gonna be that dude uh week four in london at minnesota i think you're i think you're pissed after dropping carolina you win that game i think so too because you also look at it both teams vikings and saints last time i had checked they're both undefeated when going to london they are so it's it, it's interesting. Um, so someone someone's gonna have to take an L. And you can snag a ticket to that game for as low as two hundred and sixty two dollars. Oh, nice, nice, right? Yeah, I'm gonna see if um, I can go cover that one. Home against Seattle, <laughs> that's a win. I don't. I was gonna say there's always a game or two where the Saints slip up and lose a game that they should absolutely dominate in. Yeah, it's not Seattle though. I'm just saying I don't want to count that chicken and be uber confident. Oof. I'm just saying. Oof. Because remember in 2011 with the Rams? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. I do. Uh, then you go. You host Cincinnati. I think that's a loss. It feels like one of those games where you're like, it, I feel like this is one of those games where it's like it's a really close. Oh, it's whoever, down to the wire. It's down to the wire. Whoever scores last yep. wins. Whoever has the ball last wins. And I, I feel like Jameis is ultimately that guy. I would be surprised. But then I, they would fall the next week. I wouldn't be surprised if that game is moved from the 12 o'clock time spot. It needs to be a Sunday night game. I would not be surprised if that game gets moved. Because um, you're talking then, about two game, two teams that would be 5-1, and 6-0. and oh. yeah. And then you lose week seven solely because of the short turnaround. Yeah. 
Cardinals. Solely because of the short turnaround. And and Cod will have just released that night, so Kyler's yep. still good. He will <laughs> have already prepared. <laughs> Kyler won't be able to play and play Cod until he gets home. Exactly. Um, but he's got to travel home. And then you come, or no, it's going to be in Arizona. Yeah, he's he's got so the home it, game. It'll be it'll be a short ride home. Um, then you go Vegas, Baltimore. I think you win both of those. I think you lose to Vegas, be Baltimore, so or you got, you got, I think you go one and one in that stretch. So you've got the Saints losing three straight games. No. I said they beat the Bengals. Oh, you haven't beaten the Bengals, okay? But they lose to the Cardinals, and they lose either to the Raiders or Ravens. It's it's kind of a pick them, like pick and, which one, because they're then, not going to go, they're not going to go three and one in that four game stretch. And then at Pittsburgh, you win that game. I think you should win that. I because, think you win that game because whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky, you've got a good you've got a good history, especially with the Saints players against Trubisky. So you should be solid there. And even if it's a rookie in Kenny Pickett, you still feel good. Home against the Rams? That's interesting. That one is interesting. That's an interesting game. What are the Rams going to be on offense this year? How much does that tendonitis affect Matt Stafford? Because people were saying, don't worry about it. It's tendonitis. It's it's not a big deal. But it keeps popping up and. No. As we get closer to the season, people are saying people are still talking about it. Staff, they're saying Stafford is going to be limited. Yep. I avoided, and I I love Cooper Cup, I love Allen Robinson, I love what the Rams offense can do, but I didn't touch any of the Rams players in any of my drafts because I'm worried how it'll be affected. Oh, um, by I Stafford, I agree. At San Francisco, I think you either beat L.A. And then lose to San Francisco, or or you beat San Francisco and you lose to LA. It's it's the same thing with the Ra- Raiders and the right. Rams at Tampa on Monday night. Win by week. Home against Atlanta. Win win at Cleveland. Loss. Deshaun's I s- back. You've always struggled against the Browns. You don't. You rarely play well on Christmas. This is a Christmas Eve game. I think you lose that game. Last Christmas, last the last Christmas game that they played, they played amazing. Well, yeah, that was the Alvin Kamara six touchdown game. Yeah, but uh, outside of that one anomaly, yeah, but they, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they have a pretty good history of games either on Christmas Eve or on Christmas or right after. I think they have a pretty solid record. I still think going going to Cleveland. Deshaun's back, probably in a rhythm by now. That makes me nervous. I, I don't. I don't like that game too much. And then you go to Philly. I really don't like that game. Uh, this will be the third straight year that you go to Philly, and I still don't think that they have Jalen Hurts figured out, especially no. with Jalen Hurts having more weapons and getting more experience. And then you close the season against Carolina. I think that's a win. I think so too. So, roughly, you know, eleven and six, twelve and five, type of season for the Saints. Um, I think they win the NFC South. I think they're probably a top three seed going into the playoffs. And, you know, you just kind of figure it out from there. Do I think they make it to the Super Bowl? No, I don't. Um, I th- actually, I-, I think Philly makes it out of the NFC. I think so, too. I think Philly makes it. Because I don't think the Saints team is ready just yet. The 49ers, I think they have a good shot. They do. But... 
it all depends on kind of what Trey Lance does. Which is interesting because apparently Trey Lance is getting annoyed with the 49ers. I was going to say, yeah, because it, that that whole situation is weird over in San Fran. I don't know what's going on. They, they kept Garoppolo, and now they He's, They wanted to trade him. Then they didn't believe in Trey. Now they believe in Trey. They're making him the starter. They were going to trade Garoppolo after saying, we don't want to, or like we're waiting for a better fit, and right. now they're just going to keep him. Trey says... I see Jimmy as a big brother, and now apparently he's upset with Jimmy. Like, what? I don't. What's real and what's I, fake? I'm so confused. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But then, same thing with the Rams. You just won, but feels like that Super Bowl hangover. No, oh, yeah. You're gonna get everybody's best shot. Plus, you got injuries with Stafford, and gotta see what it's like with Cam Akers after coming back six months after an Achilles tear. Absolutely. Yeah. So, they they got a lot of questions to figure out. So and, that'll be interesting to see what they do. Football season is here, like we've been talking about. And the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin's Outdoors, and the game. Score $500 to chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games, and so much more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin's Outdoors, and the Game. Let's take a timeout when we return. We'll hear from Louisiana Raging Cajuns head coach Michael Desermo, fresh off of their 24-7 win over the Southeastern Louisiana Lions, that nation's longest win streak now at 14. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Damn, I didn't know Raymond had noodles named after him. That's intriguing. By the way, I also know somebody that eats them dry and season. Kind of gross. But granted, ramen noodles in general are, 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 are gross. Crunch time with me. Well, they're not gross. I love ramen. I do too, but dude, they're so bad for you. Are you doing the little Maruchin packs, or are you actually going to like an actual ramen restaurant? No, I'm talking about the little Maruchin packs. Oh yeah, because that's full of sodium. They're terrible for you. Of course. I've never, I've never actually been to a ramen restaurant. I used like, to work like with, a Zumi. I've never been. I used to work at. I used to work there. Um, I, I've seen people try the Devil Bowl challenge or whatever it's oh, called. It, it would be hilarious mm. watching people try to do that because whenever they would. I'd die. They, they, they would think they're hot stuff, you know what I mean? And then they would do it. They'd get maybe a third of the way there, and then they just have to quit because they go and throw up. I would die. I would literally drop dead. Oh, you couldn't handle it. I I, I know. I'd drop dead. You would take one sip, and then you would... You would <coughs> <coughs> I need ice cream. Oh. I need help. Calling a doctor. Terrible. 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 Michael Desermo met with the media yesterday recapping the game over southeastern Louisiana. And here is his opening statement. You know, coming out of the game, you know, like we kind of talked about in post game, you know, you're proud of the proud of the effort that our kids played with. You watch the tape and that that definitely remains the same. I mean, that the effort was great, as outstanding. Um, I thought we flew around, I thought we played really physical. 
there's a lot of stuff for us to clean up, you know, and a lot of it comes down to communication um, at times. You know, I think when we're all on the same page and we're executing and communicating the right way, I think we move the ball well, right? On defense, we do a good job. We're sound, we're, we're in the fits, you know, we're playing coverage the way you're supposed to. A lot of the, you know, I, I think the approach that we try to take is not what went, not what went wrong, but basically why did it not work? And, um, you know, you take that approach and you try to figure out the issues that are behind it. Sometimes it's technical. Um, I think in this game, more than anything, a lot of it was uh, was really just communication at times, you know, whenever we kind of weren't off to this, uh, when we weren't rolling the way we wanted to. So, you know, we'll work on that, trying to make sure we keep them in a good, in a good scheme with a good plan um, that they know that they can execute. And, um, you know, then it's up to them to go communicate it really well, make sure we're all on the same page. So, that's, you know, like everybody, look, there's a lot of work to do after week one. And for us, that's certainly the case. You know, I would rather have to do it after you win. Michael Desermo talked a lot right there about needing to improve the communication. And, you know, that that's everything in sports, right? If you're not on the same page with your teammates, you're you're never going to find success. And so, you know, going back to a little bit of that conversation a little later on in the press conference, I asked where he thought the, the biggest need of improvement was, and he said they need to improve their communication. Offensively, you know, whenever we the, the, the run plays didn't didn't work, it was because usually we were off on a, on, a, on a mic point or we weren't all on the same page on what it was. Defensively, you know, the big play they had down the field that got called back for the penalty was a communication issue. Um, I think defensively we got to fit our blitz pass a little bit better. You know, I mean, football is it's not, it's not a, a stagnant game. Um, and as it moves, you know, the, the patterns and, and the, you know, the patterns have to change, right? They have to move with it. You have to squeeze. You have to take air out of it. So I think that's all got to improve. You know, and every position's got a variety of techniques. I say it all the time, you know, but on the offensive line, you got to continue to keep a base. You got to play low. You got to have your hands inside and strain to finish. You know, at, at quarterback, our footwork's got to continue to be really good. We got to do a good job and get information pre-snap. You know, at uh, on the D line, we got to win one on one, right? We got to use our hands. We got to get off of blocks. Um, you know, uh, there's just every position's got its own thing. But overall, I would say it's communication, um, and that's where defensively, that's where the, the the disasters happen. You know, that's where you give up huge plays when the communication's bad, and then offensively, that's where you know you're you're you can beat ten out of eleven on offense, but one guy is off and not on the same page. Well, then it, it doesn't work. So, you know, there were a lot of plays like that. Uh, particularly in that third quarter, we went back and watched it where I kind of felt like, man, we didn't have a whole lot of rhythm. I mean, we're we're a hair off, you know, on, on, a, on a couple of plays there in that third quarter that could have really helped us kind of take this thing and run away with it. But in the end, I think it's it's probably the best thing for Michael Desermo also talked about the opportunity that is in front of the Cajuns playing on national television on the NFL Network. I, mean, I, I think it's great. You know, I, I think it's great for our players. I think it's great for our program. It's great for our university. Anytime that we get to play on national television, you know, we our representation of, of this university goes beyond just the normal reach of it. And the NFL Network, you know, is a national brand. I think I heard 57 million homes. It's a great opportunity for us to really demonstrate and show what the culture is all about. I think getting to play another group of five team that's a really good team from a conference that we run into all the time in the bowl games, that's a great thing for us as well, you know, for the Sunbelt Conference, for us as a university. Um, so there's a lot of positives in it. Anytime we get to showcase our university, right, getting to play at home on our field, 
you know, and the whole country sees that stacked Raging Cajuns logo in Louisiana in the end zones, that's nothing but a good thing. So, you know, um, our kids will be fired up for it. I, I know they're already, it didn't matter, you know, if this is on national television or we're going to be playing the parking lot, you know, with the car lights on, they're going to be ready to play this game because they know that we have a lot of improvement to do. It's just more fun when you get to do it on a stage like this against a team that we really respect, um, you know, and then obviously at home, you know, so all those things are, are good for us. Lastly, Michael Desermo talked highly of his opponent for this week, head coach Chris Crichton and the Eagles of Eastern Michigan, who include the former Troy quarterback, Taylor Powell. They run their offense out of a lot of different sets, and they're very versatile in that. So, you know, they provide problems there. You know, they've got really sure-handed receivers that do a good job. I mean, they're dependable as the day is long. I remember watching them last year, um, you know, on one of the Mac games during the week, and one of their guys, I don't know, might have had 300 yards for last year or something in one of these games, you know. So they have some talented receivers. They've got a good thing in the backfield with their kind of one-two punch. Um, you know, number 22 is a, is their big back. He's their starter, and then 28 is their speed guy. So they, they've, got, uh, they've got a good thing going on offense. And on defense, they've got their own identity as well. I mean, they know what they are. They're big inside. They're, they're heavy inside. They're run stoppers. they got good length at end. You know, their linebackers fit the run. Their safeties are going to – they're going to put their safeties who are both really big in position to be able to fit the run, and they're going to play their corners off and keep it in front and make you, make you chip away at it all the way down the field. So, you know, they've got an identity. Those guys have done a great job. You know, I remember we played Eastern Michigan whenever I played here, and, um, you know, that program has improved drastically from that time, um, you know, to see where they are now. They're, they're a really good football team. Every year in the MAC, they have a chance to win the league. Um, they've been in bowl games more times than not, you know, the last few years. So, you know, you got a team coming in here that's confident. They're a veteran team. Their offense in particular, shoot, they're almost all graduates or seniors. You know, there's, there's very few underclassmen in that starting lineup. So, you know, they're uh, an experienced team that comes in that knows how to win. And, you know, they're, they're going to play a physical brand of ball that we got to be willing to go in there and, and, and go match that intensity and that physicality. The time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on the Tampa Bay Rays Saturday, October 1st. And we'll even throw in a tour of Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the season. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, Alex Anstead of Saturday Down South will join us to recap week one of SEC college football. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kick off week one of the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Sign up using promo code KLWB to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. 
I'll be taking the Saints' money line and the over on 42.5 points scored between the Saints and Falcons. Play your way, though, and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to even catches. You can also combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as novel drawable site credit that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Thank you, James. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. 39 and a half after the hour. We're joined by Alex Anstead, a social media coordinator for Saturday Down South. Alex, thanks so much for taking the time, man. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. So let's start, you know, obviously we're going to start with the LSU Tigers. Uh, one of the craziest endings in, in the world of college football, a 24-23 to defeat at the hands of the Florida State Seminoles. You know, just kind of walk me through your thoughts on those last couple minutes of that game. Yeah, so honestly, I didn't think originally LSU had any shot at that game going into the fourth quarter, but there they were at the end of the game with a shot to tie the game. And honestly, as bad as they played the whole game, they, they were still right there, which is reassuring at least, to say the least. But I, I just didn't – I don't really have a lot of words for it. The extra point was obviously one of those things that he makes 99 out of 100 times and the way it happened happened. But I don't know. It's just one of those things that I think people overreacted to the game in general. But it was crazy to say the least. Now, you know, you, you, said, you said that most people overreacted about the game. One thing that a lot of people overreacted about was the performance of quarterback Jaden Daniels. What, what did you think of him in his first SEC start? Yeah, I actually didn't think he did a bad job at all. I, I don't think he was incredible out there by any means, obviously, but we've seen him at Arizona State, and he has shown flashes of being incredible. He beat Justin Herbert at Oregon as a freshman. It was like a top-ten win. But we know he's capable. He just got to settle into the offense. I thought he did a pretty good job. I think he bailed a little early, sometimes with pressure. The offensive line was mainly at fault there, though, and he was kind of running for his life. But he ran for over 100 yards. He threw for over 200. I mean, it's hard to just go out there and blame the game on him. I feel like he did a decent job. So looking at LSU as a whole, you know, what would you grade their performance from, from Sunday night? As a whole, I think they're capable of a lot more than that, and you're going to see that throughout the season. I'd probably give them a, a C, somewhere in the middle. It, a lot of people are, would probably say it was a D or F performance, but I do think Florida State is a lot more improved than other people think. Their defense is actually pretty good. Um, Jordan Travis is good. They're going to win some games. They're going to go bowling for sure, and I think LSU will as well. I, I don't think it was as bad as we all think for Brian Kelly's first game. Now, to to that point, do you think that Brian Kelly, you know, was the right choice? And obviously, it, it's really hard to make that assumption off of one game, and I, I totally understand that. However, you know, if you listen to the LSU fan base, I mean, they're they're not happy with Brian Kelly after one game. No, yeah, I definitely understand that, but you have to realize it's tough to come into a program like that. It's a lot different, and 
you know, he doesn't even have all of his guys yet. I would give him some time. I, I do think he's the right guy for the job. I don't like the whole fake accent thing, but I do think he can kind of fit in down there eventually. And, you know, he's going to recruit an elite, at an elite level like he always does, and he wins wherever he goes. So it, it's really hard to say he's not a good choice. Alex Anstead of Saturday Down South joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Kayshawn Butte, one of the elite wide receivers in college football, wasn't quite up to par Sunday night. You know, what are your thoughts on him and what do you expect from him going forward? You know, that was one of the, the other overreactions, I think. Um, he just, quite honestly, didn't have a good game. It wasn't his day. These are 18 to 22 year olds. It's going to happen. Um, we've seen him have flashes of greatness. Honestly, most of the time, he's that's why he's a top 10 receiver in the country. I, and I expect him to be that by the end of the season. So, LSU fans, I think, should hang in there and, and don't give up on this dude. What game surprised you the most in week one from an SEC standpoint? From an SEC standpoint, I would go Utah-Florida. Um, I was one that had Utah in my playoff going into the season, so I'm going to eat that. But Utah had everyone back. They have their quarterback came rising, and they went into the swamp, and it kind of just shows how good the SEC is. I mean, this was supposed to be a mid-level SEC team playing the Pac-12 champ, and Florida got every bit of them. So, I think that was probably the biggest surprise. I, Anthony Richardson was really good. Um, I'm honestly quite shocked how good Billy Napier has them in such a good position right away. Yeah, that was definitely a, a big surprise, you know, with with obviously the way Dan Mullen left the program at Florida for Billy Napier to inherit it and turn it the, turn it around the way he has, you know, obviously just it's been one game, but just from what we've seen so far, I mean, if, Florida seems like they could easily be a contender in the SEC East. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, which is crazy that we're saying that after week one. Um, but things can change quick in college football, and it could have easily been the opposite. You could have seen LSU blowing out Florida State week one, and maybe we're saying the same thing about them in the SEC West. So it's a, it's a long season, so we'll see what happens. Now, i got to ask you, is it crazy to sit here, you know, after one full week in college football and say that Vandy has a lead in the SEC and LSU is in last? 100%. Um, the type of program LSU is, you all know, it's a borderline blue blood program. It's one of the best programs in the country every single year. I mean, this isn't obviously going to last. I think Vanderbilt is going to lose this week. Wake Forest, but and LSU is going to win a game this week against Southern. But it, it is crazy to say the least. Looking at the schedule for this weekend, I mean Alabama, Texas is the big one on the schedule. You've also got South Carolina, Arkansas, which could be a good game. App State, Texas A and M, Tennessee, Pitt, Kentucky, and Florida in prime time. What games are you looking out for this weekend? Honestly, all of those that you just mentioned. Um, I think one that really comes to mind is App State, Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M needs to prove some people wrong because we all know they have a great defense, but that offense is – it hasn't been the best, to say the least, over the last few years, and they have a lot to prove. And then the, the other one I'm really looking forward to is Tennessee Pitt. Uh, they played last year. Pitt got them, but it's a new year. And this game is at, is at Pitt, I believe. Yeah, it's at Pitt. And I think that Tennessee can go in there and get the best of them. I, I think overall – 
it's a really good weekend in the SEC and an underrated weekend, to say the least, overall in college football. Alex Anstead of Saturday Down South joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Alex, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a great week. Enjoy this this college football season. Tell our listeners before you go where they can find your work. Yeah, you can find me at, at Alex Anstead CFP over on Twitter. Go give me a follow if you want to. Um, thanks for having me on and excited to see how the season plays out. Appreciate you taking the time, Alex. Yeah, thank you. And there he goes, Alex Anstead of Saturday down south. Yeah, man, I mean, looking at the schedule, Alabama, Texas is a big one. South Carolina, Arkansas could be a good one. The line's only 8.5 right now. App State, Texas, um, I mean, how how good is Texas A&M, right? You know, that's what, that's what you're going to learn. Because App State, you saw it with that North Carolina game. If you let it. If you let App State hang around, they could punch you in the mouth. So that'll be an interesting game. Tennessee Pitt, top 25 matchup in Pitt. Tennessee's only a six-point favorite. That's interesting to see how that plays out. And then, of course, Kentucky-Florida. Two blue bloods in the SEC. Literally, blue bloods. Fighting it out in Gainesville. How good is Florida? Are they legit? Will Levis had a great game in week one. Can he follow it up in week two? There's a lot of questions. Florida's a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I think that game says a lot about both teams as you as you head down the backstretch of the 2022 season. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. It's because once you join, you'll be able to win Excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But the only way to score these great prizes is by joining the clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free and it's simple. So sign up today. Take a timeout, wrap up hour number one on the other side. You're listening to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. 53 minutes after the hour you know, looking at our poll question of the day, it's Falcons hate week. What's your favorite Dirty Birds failure? 75% of you say the 28-3 Super Bowl. 6.3% say 2020. I'm very surprised that nobody has said 1965, the year that they were founded. I thought that one was pretty funny. Got two comments for rebuild and then one comment relating to Michael Vick that we're not going to discuss on the air. If you know Michael Vick's career at all, you can probably figure out what it's about. So, also, a thing I saw on social media today that I just find hilarious is that Ogeron at a, you know, press event. I don't know where he was or or what he was doing, Um, but he's being interviewed by somebody and they're asking him about his time at LSU. And 
it was the Little Rock Touchdown Club earlier today, and they asked him, you know, about his time, and you know, he detailed the meeting in which he was fired. And Scott Woodward sat him down and said, Coach, things aren't going well. <laughs> and Ed Ogeron said, no blank, buddy. And so Scott Woodward goes, Coach, there's $17.1 million left on your contract. We're going to give it to you. <laughs> and Ed Ogeron said, okay, what time you want me to leave and what door you want me to use? Yup. I don't blame him. $17 million? James Mesh, I would never work a day in my life ever again. Bye, Matt. I would never work again. I would live off of $250,000 a year for the next 68 years of my life. And by the time I turn 93, I'll be dead. So, sayonara, brother. It's nice knowing you. <laughs> oh, dude. I would never work again. Because I'm telling you right now, a modest guy like me, if I can't live off of a quarter million dollars a year, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I could travel the world on a quarter million dollars a year. There's something wrong. I don't need a Lamborghini. Also, although I want one, I don't need one. A Mustang will do just fine. <laughs> a Mustang will just do just just fine. Wouldn't mind a BMW. Uh, I'm not. I'm not driving a BMW. Wouldn't mind a Mercedes. Maybe. I could. I, I could do a G wagon. I could ride around in a G wagon. What are those? Like a buck fifty? That's fine. I could do that. That's not even a full year's full year salary. You're, we're all good. Um, but no, man. I mean, he said, "What door you want me to use, and what time you want me to be gone?" I'd give that same response. You want me to leave now or like in an hour? Or you want me to take a lunch break? Like, what's going on? Do, do, do you want me to go get you lunch? Oh, I don't mind. And then, you know. Lunch is on me. You're right. Well, technically, it's still on you, but it's it's, it's on me. It's on me, but it's, it's ultimately on you. Right, right. Because you're, you're paying me. But yeah, so I, exactly. Where, where do you want me to be? What time do you want me to be there? You want me to be gone? Okay, I'll, I'll go back. Like you're you're all good. How, how are we how are we doing this? Five million now, a million a year for the next twelve years, or like what's? Or are you just giving all seventeen million r- right, right away? Or are you just right, wiring it over? I'll have it by the time I get home. Is this like monthly payments? How are we right. doing it? What, what's what's happening here? Oh man, does that Ogeron ever coach again? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe a maybe a high school team. If if I was him, I would go on these little speaking engagements. They probably pay him a couple hundred bucks and just stash that away and just you know have some fun. I, don't, I was gonna say, oh, become an analyst. He's a he's a content go, generator. Go go work for SEC Network. Become an analyst like that. That sounds perfect for him. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two on the other side. You're listening to the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one. In Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. More after this top of the hour sports update. Don't go anywhere. 